wonderful to be together this morning, whether you are watching from a home gathering or you're watching online from your own home. Uh, we're excited about getting back together again, um, but we can't at the moment because our hall that we meet in, the Chinese Association Hall, is uh, closed due to refurbishment. Um, but we're going to go back on the 1st of May, Sunday the 1st of May, it's the last Sunday of the school holidays. So just a reminder, as we've been saying each week, if you are unwell, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to support you in whatever way we can. So even if you've got things sorted like groceries and stuff like that, still let us know because we'd love to pray with, for you and keep in touch. This last couple of weeks in the lead up to Easter, Nick's been doing some interviews, um, talking to some friends about the cross. And today is Palm Sunday, so that's what Nick's gonna be sharing with us about today. Kia ora koutou. We've been looking at the cross as a church as we lead up to Easter. And if you've been watching along with us, we've had a couple of interviews in the last couple of weeks with some awesome pastor friends of mine, Clark Alcock and Sam Martin. And I just got some great reflections out of the, the time, the interview that I had with those guys, just around how powerful and transformative the cross is to not only our salvation, but to our lives as well. And today is Palm Sunday. If you don't know what Palm Sunday is, it's a day in the church calendar which celebrates and commemorates Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And it begins what is known as uh, Holy Week or Passion Week as we remember from Jesus' triumphant entry to Jerusalem to his betrayal, um, his suffering and then his death on the cross on Friday and then it all ends on Sunday, Easter Sunday, when we remember and we celebrate the resurrection, that Jesus rose from the dead. And if you don't know much about Palm Sunday, yeah, it's, it's a story that is recorded in each of the, of the Gospels. And it's a story that um, has Jesus riding on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem, the royal city, the city of David. And that these people um, respond to Jesus coming into the city with this kind of awesome sort of worship praise party and they're like sort of waving palm branches and that's where we get the name Palm Sunday from and they're putting the branches down in, on the road in front of them they're taking their cloaks off and they're putting them down in front of them it was a sort of like an act of worship and adoration and they're shouting out Hosanna Hosanna son of David like they're, they're proclaiming Jesus as King as Savior as, as, as Lord in that situation and it's this incredible scene of triumph and celebration. But we know, if you, if you know the Easter story, we know that within a short space of day, days, it goes from the wild celebration and rejoicing to even some of those people could have been in the crowd that was within a few days shouting out from Hosanna, Hosanna to crucify him, crucify him as Jesus goes to the cross. And so there is a sense in there that, that Jesus did it meet the people's expectations that he was an unexpected king who saved in an unexpected way i've been reading through the lord of the rings series with my son matthew and uh, we've been chipping away at it because it's some heavy reading at times but we've just made it up to the final book in the series and that's called the return of the king and there's a character in the books and if you've watched the movies called aragon and aragon is not a king in most of the story but he is descended from a long line of kings and he's not a king in the story for most of the story because of stuff that's happened in the past with his ancestors but you know as you read the books and you know as you watch the movies that this man is destined 
to be king. And that's what happens in the last story, the return of the king, is that he steps into his role as, as the king, as the leader, and he leads the forces of good against the forces of evil. He defeats them in a battle, and then he is crowned, he is coronated as king at the end of that story. And in a sense, he meets our expectations as, as the readers or as the people watching the movies. He, he even meets the characters' expectations around him. That, that you just know this man is meant to be the king. You know that he's meant to sort of lead with the sword, the famous sword, and lead the, the forces of good against the forces of evil. He fulfills your expectations of him. And the Jewish people at that time of Jesus' ministry had the same expectations of a return of a king, of a return of a messiah, a savior, a liberator, someone who would save them from the oppression of the Roman Empire. They were living under the uh, authority of the Roman Empire, under the yoke of that, and they longed for someone to come, like a great king, like King David, a savior, someone who would military leader that would overthrow the Romans and bring them peace and restore the kingdom to them. So that was the expectation that was in their heart. And they had um, recent history of this too in, in, in Jewish history. Prior to the Romans, there had been, the Syrians had controlled them and occupied them and they were trying to change their culture. And they had this incident where the Syrian leader um, put a, a statue of Zeus in the temple and, and sacrificed a pig on the altar. And it was this, this kind of trigger point that just an absolute insult to their faith and their culture. And this guy, Judas Maccabees, who was like this kind of Braveheart character, rose up with his family and they led this guerrilla warfare and drove the Syrians out. And it's interesting about that with this uh, the story today of Jesus' triumphant entry is that he actually triumphantly entered into Jerusalem and he came on a horse and then he went up to the temple and he, and he cleansed the temple of all the pagan idolatry and he got rid of that altar and he put a new altar in place. It's actually commemorated to this day by Jewish people as the festival of Hanukkah, um, which is sort of around our kind of Christmas time. And there's another really interesting point around that, that triumphant entry into Jerusalem was that the people celebrated the victory, the liberation by Judas Maccabees by waving palm branches. And he even commemorated that victory by putting the a palm branch kind of symbol on a coin so that they would have a, a memory of that event of being of, of victory and liberation. So the palm branch were just this like kind of nationalistic kind of uh, thing about like liberation and, and, and pride and who they were as a people. So you've got that in the mix of the people at the time. And to add to the extra level of this kind of national pride in their faith and who they were, it was also Passover week. So Passover was an annual celebration in the Jewish culture where they remembered and celebrated the fact that they were delivered from slavery in Egypt. So from, from being under oppression in Egypt, they, they had an annual celebration where they, they, they came together. And so Jerusalem was swelling with people, um, probably treble the amount of people were there in the city at the time. So there's big crowds. It's the probably, it's like kind of taking Waitangi Day, Queen's Birthday and um, Anzac Day and putting it all together and then timesing it by 20 or something. It was this great nationalistic kind of fervor that would have been in that city. And there was a great hope 
it was a great hope that someone would come and save and liberate them. And so you can see how as Jesus comes into this, the setting of this scene of the story, how that was the backdrop, that was the expectation that the people had. And Jesus, uh, a bit like Aragon, Jesus kind of plays his part in the story, but he doesn't go quite to script as the people expect. We read that Jesus um, rides in on a donkey into this city, and that's um, quite a peculiar kind of uh, image for us, um, because uh, most kings, most emperors, um, even Judas Maccabees who came in, most came in on a on a horse, which is a, a symbol of war. But a but a donkey is is a symbol of peace. And Jesus did this to fulfill a, a prophecy that's in Zechariah, and it's mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew. And I'll just read a little bit of it out to it. it says. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he. Humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And so, you know, we got this image of Jesus riding on a donkey. And it's not even just a, a normal donkey. It's actually a very young donkey. So it's almost a a comical scene as Jesus comes into the city and I think what Jesus is doing is he's, he's making a parody of, of the way humans do glory and honor he hasn't got a big army behind him he's not riding on a big magnificent stallion or steed he's he's riding on the, a, a young donkey it must have looked almost a little bit comical at times but it's it's because it's Jesus is making a point that his way is not the way of war his way is the way of peace and it's interesting when you read the the if you read further on in that that prophecy that's written by Zechariah, and it says this, I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. So there's this sense that Jesus is not a military leader; he is coming as a man of peace. His victory, he's going to have a victory. He is a king, but he's an unexpected king. And the way he is going to win his victory is not through the sword. It's not through the weapons of war. It's going to come through a very humble way, through the way of peace. And, and, and there's, a, there's a great promise in there that that, that peace, that, that way of life, is not just for the Jewish people at the time, but it's actually for the nations. It says that he'll bring peace to the nations. And it's an interesting thing as you read on, it says also, and, and for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to you stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare I will restore to you double. And there's that sense there, um, it says in verse 11, because of the blood of my covenant with you. We know the way Jesus got his, got his victory, how he brought his victory was not through through picking up the sword and, and taking a big, you know, um, leading an uprising and overthrowing the Roman authorities. No, the way Jesus won his victory was going to the cross. The cross was his coronation. That was his point of victory as he, as he laid down his life on the cross for us. And through, we know, through the blood of his, of his covenant that we are saved. Through the blood that he shed on the cross, we come into hope, into healing. The people would, were disappointed, and even his disciples didn't understand it because they thought that he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel in that old um, kind of framework of a militaristic leader. But Jesus did it in a different way. 
He didn't pick up the sword. He, he went and, and took up his cross. And so I just really want to encourage you today. Um, this is our saviour. You know, the way of the world is all about pomp and ceremony and putting glory up there. But Jesus came as a humble servant. You know, when he was born, he was born in a humble manger. He lived in obscurity for 30 years of his life. And then the way he dies, even as he comes into the, his city, he's, he's the king of the universe riding a donkey. The king of the universe <laughs> riding a donkey. And here he is coming into the city, just so humble and so peaceful. And he goes and lays down his life for, for the people that didn't even understand what he was doing, for the people that were against him, his enemies. He laid down his life for them so that they could have peace, and so that they could have life, so they could have salvation. And I just love, I'm just going to finish with this from Revelation. This great picture that uh, John has of, of what, I guess in a sense, what Jesus was doing in that sort of, you know, we saw stuff in the natural there as Jesus is coming into the city. But there was actually a very cosmic thing going on as well. There's a big thing across eternity that was happening as he was coming into the city and as he went to the cross as well. And there's this beautiful picture that John has in his vision in Revelation 7. It says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb what a wonderful picture there of a of a of a victorious Christ as a as a lamb you know as someone laying down his life and people celebrating with those palm branches and it's it's not just the the the, the Jewish people outside Jerusalem it's it's all of of creation all people all nations, all people worshipping King Jesus. So I'm just going to uh, pray for you today and just um, um, bless you as we celebrate the start of this week as we look towards Easter. Father God, I, I thank you that you are, are, are just a wonderful saviour. I thank you, Lord, that you came just as a, as a, as a humble servant, Lord. You, you stepped and you lived amongst us, Lord, and that, Lord, your way is the way of peace. Your way is the way of laying down our life uh, for, for each other, Lord. And I, I pray, God, that, um, Lord, we would just take that upon ourselves today as we go into this week, that we would, um, we would follow your way, Lord. Not the way of the world, Lord, but we would follow your way. And, and that, Lord, we look forward to that wonderful day, Lord, when we're worshipping around the throne, Lord. Every, every tribe, every person worshipping you as the victorious Lamb. In your precious name, Amen. Bless you guys. Kakite.